0: over natural decay. The reason why your spirit is so important is because your spirit is eternal. And what is eternal has the power to defeat what is temporary. What is eternal has the power to change what is temporal. I want you to look at Psalm 82 verse 4. This is, the second series. this is the second one to the series of the power of spiritual prosperity over natural decay. I know that many of us are already born again Christians. And yet, it's very, very important for me to stir up your spirit consciousness, for me to keep reminding you not to live just a natural life, but to live a spiritual life, to live a super natural. Super means above, a life that is above what is natural, what is temporal, what is in the time span. If you look at Psalm 82, verse 4, deliver the poor and needy. breathe them out of the hand of the wicked. This is a prayer. All right? So the prayer is to deliver the poor and the needy. I want you to highlight your scriptures because when I first got born again, the Lord taught me to highlight my scriptures. And then I realized afterwards the word talks about to rightly dividing the word of truth. So if you could hide like the poor and needy, this is referring to people. Read them out of the hand of the wicked. This is referring to demons, all right? Now go to Psalm 82, verse 5. Go to verse 5. They neither know nor will understand. This is referring to people with no knowledge and with no understanding. And as a result of that, not because God was punishing them, It's because they have no knowledge. It's because they have no understanding. And the result of that is they walk on in darkness. The result of a lack of knowledge, the result of a lack of understanding is darkness. Walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. It's shaken. That's where we are living now. Everything is being shaken including the universe, including the climate, including the finances, everything is being shaken. The Word of God says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken
1: so that those won't be shaken will stand. All right? Now look at verse 6. And then
0: God is speaking. Here you have the ram of heaven. I have said, this is God, you are God's. So this is the word of God. God is saying that you are gods. You are spirit beings. You are not mortals. And all of you are the children of the Most High. This is God speaking to the Israelites. And then look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Look at the but. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Why? Because you've forgotten who you are. Because you have not developed knowledge. You have not acquired understanding. Because you desire so much to be like the rest of the world. You want to be worldly. You want to be like just the rest of the world. You want to be a prince. You want to be a celebrity. You want to be a high achiever. So much so that you've turned your back on God. So much so that you're too busy
1: for him. So you can see the ram of men the ram of demons and the ram of god i want to ask you a
0: question what was the problem with israel in the old testament israel was god's chosen nation israel was god's chosen people what's wrong with israel in the old testament come on
1: somebody answer me the whole nation had backslidden The whole nation had backslidden. They have a problem with backsliding. Why
0: were they backsliding? Because they were distracted. They went astray.
1: They lived a low grasshopper life. They kept the religion, but they had lost the walk. Doesn't this sound familiar? Talk to yourself, I must never be like that. No way.
0: No way. Come on, say to yourself, no way. One more time, no way. Three rams, the ram of men, the ram of devils, and the ram of God. Go with me to John chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. Now, you have a lot of scriptures this morning because that's what I'm doing, expanding the scriptures. So, John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees, so he knew his Bible, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he's somebody high up, an authority, a man who knew the Bible very, very well. But at the same time, he realized that he was lacking. What was he lacking?
1: He wasn't lacking a position. He wasn't lacking, according to him, knowledge. He wasn't lacking Popularity,
0: because he's already high up, popular. But what was he lacking? I'm
1: sure he knew on the inside he was lacking the power. He was lacking the power. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What is that called? Religion.
0: Religion. The thermometer. The thermometer of your spirituality
1: is power. All right? So he came to Jesus by night. Why by night? The fear of men.
0: So nobody could see him. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God. I had observed and I had realized, I had come to the conclusion, yes you are a teacher who had come from God. Why? Why would I know that? Because you did not teach with head knowledge, you taught with authority. For no man can do these miracles. These miracles that you do, except God be with him. So he did know a little bit about God. He realized the presence of God would bring miracles. And he said, I've observed that. So praise the Lord that he realized. And then in verse 3, Jesus answered. Now, I want you to pay attention to this. Whenever Jesus answered, you notice that he's always answering at a high level. So it's like, remember the rich uh, young ruler, right? Remember he was saying that I had done everything that I could. Right? But Jesus did not answer him and say, oh, of course, I understand, you know, you've done everything. I, I, I realize that as a pastor, that's what people expect me to say. Otherwise, I'll offend them. <laughs> so Jesus was saying, he did not say, oh, of course, I understand that you've done everything that you could. I realize this, you know, are you okay? You're fine. No, Jesus did not answer him
1: according to his question. He answered him according to his spiritual condition. You'll notice that Jesus is always at a higher level. He's always above the answers.
0: The Bible says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. So Jesus wasn't answering the foolishness of man. Okay? So he was answering above his level. And what did he say? He said, truly, truly. He said, I'm telling you the truth. Truly, truly, I say to you, I want you to hide like this. Verily, verily. Now, Jesus, Jesus is very, very particular with his words, and he will not repeat something if it's not essential. All right? Don't read the Bible because it's your religious duty. Read the Bible because it's your treasure. It's your treasure chest. You need it. Even if you read it, it will bring healing, life. Provision, guidance to you, just simply by reading it, all right? So Jesus said, verily, verily, you notice he said, I say unto you, because Jesus knew the power of his word. I'm sure, I'm sure Nicodemus, you know, he's completely changed because now he's having an encounter with Jesus. I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to understand that because in the human realm, we take a lot of times our conversations, we interpret it according to our spirit. We interpret it according to our level. We interpret it according to our I don't know, whatever situation that you are in, whatever you are thinking. But I want you to understand understand that Jesus was answering Nicodemus from on high. And he's answering him according to the principles of the kingdom of God. Okay? So he's not answering his feelings. He's not answering his rationale. He's answering according to the truth. And I want you to highlight this. This is very important. He said, truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you. Now listen. And then he want, I want you to highlight the word except. Except. And I want you to highlight the word cannot. And I want to, you to highlight see. So what he is giving Nicodemus, he is giving him a spiritual principle. Now I want you to understand that the kingdom of God does not operate According to preferential treatment or according to whether God loves you, whether God likes you more than he likes her, more than he likes him. No, no, no. It's about the kingdom. It's about the governance of God. So Jesus is saying you cannot see the kingdom. He's not saying I don't want you to get, I don't want you to see the kingdom. Because, okay, I have to put it very, very carefully so that you don't misunderstand misunderstand me. All right, I'm not saying that God is not personal. God is very, very personal. God loves people. But I want you to understand that, yes, he can love you and sit next to you and cry with you. But no healing
1: can come. Because healing comes by spiritual principles. If it's so easy for God to save sinners,
0: Jesus would not have come and died such a terrible death. Jesus paid the price because without it, the kingdom cannot function in this realm. Because the kingdom operate by principles, just like the law of gravity, the law of lift, the whole universe, you know, the planets cannot just revolve in whatever way they want. They have to follow a particular order meticulously. When you read the Old Testament, when you read the book of Leviticus, when you read the book of Exodus, you will understand. You know, I asked the Lord, I said, why, why did you have to be so particular? I dare to use the word particular. If you read the Old Testament, it's very, very particular. You know, where you place this, where you place that. How do you clean this? How do you clean that? Where do you eat? Where you don't
1: eat, you can just choose and eat any way you want. Because the kingdom operates by principles. Why
0: did Jesus say that you have to forgive? Why did he say, oh, of course, I understand. You have been hurt, you know, you have been hurt a bad time. You had been abused. I understand it's
1: okay for you to have a little bit of unforgiveness. He cannot. He can't. He can't. And that's one of the dangers of the church. The dangers of Christians. Because we want to please people. Because we want to sound nice. And we compromise. But we're not talking about preferential treatment. We're not talking about how come you like him and you don't like me. No, we're talking about the kingdom. We're talking
0: about kingdom principles, the kingdom way of doing things. You can't change that. God won't change it. He didn't even change it for Jesus. He didn't even change it for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost still suffered. Suffered what? The contradictions of
1: sinners against himself. Understand that there are principles that God had to work by. He moves one, he'll collapse the other. He can't.
0: Okay, so don't sit there and blame God. Why don't you heal me? No, it's not, that God don't, it's not that God doesn't heal you. He had already healed you, but you have to follow his way. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. If anything works, any way works, then Jesus won't have said, he, would, he wouldn't have said, I
1: am the way. He said, no one goes to the Father, but through me. Why? Because he's stating a principle. He's stating what
0: works, what only Works. works. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So don't miss God by your feelings. Don't miss him because you don't feel him, because you're feeling bad, because you're hurting. Don't miss him. Can we say amen? Okay, understand now? All right, good. Okay, so Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, except a man be born again, except he cannot. So you'll notice that Nicodemus, he came to Jesus at the natural level, and Jesus was talking to him at the spiritual level. All right? So Jesus is saying that it's not because I don't want to help you, it's because I can't. Faith, grace, truth, deliverance, dominion. Spiritual warfares are real. They must be fought. No matter how much you cry, you're not going to win your your battles. No matter how much you cry, how much you sigh,
1: the devil doesn't care. You can cry all you want. He'll be clapping, standing next to you. And he would love for you to blame God because that's what he wants. And he
0: would love for you to believe that God doesn't care because that's what he wants. So
1: don't fall into his traps. We must live by the truth. We must live by the truth. We
0: must live by the truth. And that's why you cannot be a Christian
1: and not be disciplined. You won't have success in your life. The discipline is not to go according to my feelings. The discipline is to go according to the Word of God. And it's a training, all right? But the Holy Spirit will empower you. In our lives, I'm sad to say,
0: even within the church, it's very hard because we love social activities more than spiritual activities. When we come together as a home group, you know, we love gathering. We love talking, chit-chat, you know. The devil is very subtle, and the devil keeps attacking the church and gets us to think that, oh, the word again. Oh, she's preaching for too long. Oh, he's teaching for too long. Oh, the word. But then when you need
1: power, you can't wave a magic wand. You need the word. God sent his word and healed them.
0: The sad thing is that in our lives, and also in the church, we have too many social activities and too little spiritual activities. There are many Christians, they go to church, there are many Christians, they pray, uh, um, there are many Christians who, who sing, who worship, who serve, but there are, many, there are not many Christians who pray. Sometimes I'm very much amazed by Christians that have been, I'm speaking you the, to you the truth. Is that okay? It's not condemnation. This is an observation, all right? So I've observed that Christians that have been Christians for 30 years, 20 years,
1: even 40 years, when they pray, they pray like a baby. Don't know how to pray. Don't have the heart to pray. Don't take time praying. Don't take time learning to pray. When they
0: have a need, they pray. When the need is met, they're gone. When they need something, they pray. But after their need is met, that's it. I want you, all of us, to examine our lives and ask
1: yourself, how long have you been a Christian? And do you know how to pray? When I say, do you know how to pray? I'm talking about not begging God.
0: I'm talking about defeating the devil. I'm talking about releasing answers. I'm talking about having miracles in
1: your life. Because nobody can do anything about your life but you. Does it take time? Of course. But time is your life. The more time you spend with God, the better your
0: life becomes. The stronger you will become, the more healthy you will become, the wiser you will become, the more prosperous you will become. There is no time lost spending time with God. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to look at verse 4, John 3, verse 4. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Do you notice that? He hasn't got the spiritual insight? He was still at the natural level. He was trying to be logical in his, you know, argument. What was he doing? He was exercising his intellectual understanding and he was missing Jesus altogether. I'm so glad that, you know, this was recorded so we could read it. Praise the Lord. He, he was missing it. He was using natural reasoning. And Jesus did not give up. Go to verse 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly, one more time. I say to you, one more time, unless a man is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God.
1: Jesus is making it very clear and he's as blunt as he can be. He's saying, I'm giving you the essential. Don't miss it now. Except cannot. Except cannot. Come on say it with me, except cannot. It's just like you have not because you ask not. So those are principles. Those are principles. And you can be a Christian for 30 years and don't ever
0: act on them. And your life stays at a low level. As a Christian, we cannot afford to be influenced
1: by the people around us and compromise. You lose it. You know and you know that you are at a higher
0: spiritual level than your kids. So don't be influenced by them. You know and you know that you're at a higher level, a more mature spiritual level than your colleagues at work. So don't be influenced by them. Well, you ask me, but Pastor Dora, will there be a risk that I won't be popular? Who cares? Why do you want to be popular?
1: If you're not winning people to Jesus, what's the point of being popular? Is that okay? Amen. And then Jesus explained in verse 6
0: that which is born, in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And then in verse 7, do not marvel that I said unto you, you must be, verse 7, you must be born again. Say with me, must be. Be born again. Now, don't let this scripture be too familiar for you. There's a lot of depth, all right? A lot of depth in this scripture. So being born again is an essential need for every man. It's the must-be qualification for entering into the kingdom of heaven. It's the must-be qualification for miracles. It's the must-be qualification for kingdom living. Miracles go to the Gentiles. Miracles go to those who are not yet born again because of those who are born again. Okay, it's very, very important that we understand this. Amen? It's very, very important. He that is born of the flesh is flesh. He that is born of the spirit is spirit. Now go to John chapter 4, verse 22 to 24. John
1: 4, 22 to 24. So that means your spirit is vital, is essential. Not your body, not your soul, not your willpower, not your reasoning power, and not your emotions.
0: What is the most important part of you? Come on, tell me. What is the most important part of you for you to conquer devils, for you to have health and healing,
1: for you to have prosperity? Which part of you is the most important?
0: Spirit. All right, now let's continue.
1: Is everybody okay?
0: Yes. You worship, this is Jesus talking to the backslidden Jews. You worship, you know not what? You were just being religious.
1: Here's the key. We know what we worship. That's the key of knowledge. Remember Jesus said to the Pharisees, you yourself
0: do not have the key of knowledge. And then you have obstructed,
1: you have hindered those who wanted to get into the kingdom. What is the key? Come on, tell me. What is the key? Knowledge. Say to the person next to you, knowledge is the key.
0: Spiritual knowledge is the key. Understanding and knowing God, understanding and knowing how He operates is the key. I give you an example. Your tongue. You can't be talking sickness and believing God for healing at the same time. You can't be talking accidents and believing God for protection at the same time. Because you are cancelling your own miracles. You cannot afford to talk like the rest of the world because you don't want to be like the rest of the world. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When disaster struck, when problems come, when sickness come, believe me, you
1: don't want to be like the rest of the world. Okay? So you worship you know not what.
0: And we know what we worship. salvation. Jesus is not saying because God enjoys our worship, you know, God won't be, God will be very sad without our worship. No, God is self-sufficient. Thank you. (laughs) What is it for? Salvation. For your salvation. Salvation from sickness. Salvation from accidents. Salvation from depression. Salvation from mental attacks. Salvation from relational conflicts. Salvation from all the bad thoughts that come to attack you and tempt you and deceive you. Salvation is of the Jews because that's where Jesus had come. Amen? But the hour comes and now is. Jesus is starting a new dispensation now. Now is when the true worshipers, how many true worshipers do we have? Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. True worshipers. When the true worshipers shall worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. Now remember last Sunday I talked to you about your three parts. Whenever you're engaging your will, that's your soul. Whenever you're engaging your thoughts, your feelings, right? And your will, you're in your soul. But whenever you are surrendered, whenever you're surrendered, whenever you find that you're going up, you're aspiring, you're believing what your mind tells you you can't believe, you're in the Spirit. That's why true believers are conquerors and more than conquerors. But if you find yourself stuck, you're in the soul. Do you get it? So the true worshippers, how do we worship? Worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So you're completely immersed in his presence. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, not facts. The fact is I'm hurting. The truth is I'm healed. Amen. So we need to understand that the spiritual realm is very intense. And that's why the kingdom of God had been violently advancing, but the violent have to take it by force, by passion, intense passion. All right? Understand that. All right. For the Father, I want you to continue, for the Father seeks such to worship him. Well, you've just told me, Pastor Dora, that God is self-sufficient. Why would he seek me to worship him? Because he wants to do something on the earth (laughs) for you. (laughs) The Father is seeking an entrance for the kingdom of heaven, for the power of heaven to be released on the earth. It's just like if you know the terrorists are attacking and there are nations that want to save another nation from the terrorists. So what they are seeking, they're seeking for an opening that can come in and bomb them. Get rid of all the terrorists. So that's what God wants for us. He wants to come into our realm. He wants to come into our world and bomb and bust all the devils and get them out of our life. But he can't do it without your invitation and without your permission. And your invitation and your permission comes from your soul. Your soul is where I will. Your soul is where I think. Your soul is where I feel. And that's why Jesus is in the business, the Holy Ghost is in the business of saving souls. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And look at verse 24. God is a spirit.
1: One more time. God is a? One more time. God is a? So don't try to win him with your feelings. Worship him. Amen. You, you you locate your spirit most easily
0: when you're worshipping. So God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So not with emotions and not with reasoning, not with cares and problems. So when you go to God, you don't just go to God and keep talking about your problems. Can you imagine our God is the God of faith and you go to him, you talk unbelief.
1: Our God is the God of solution. And you go to him, you keep talking, your problems. (laughs) And God says, what do you want, problems or answers?
0: And Jesus said, you will have what you say. You'll have what you say. Because every time you say it, you're reinforcing it. Every time you say it, you're repeating it. How many of you know that there is power in repetition? There's power in repetition.
1: There is power in repetition. But somebody said, but Pastor Dora, I need to vent it. But God is not your rubbish bin. Okay? So you ask me, how do I get rid of the problem? Through faith.
0: Change your mindset. I have this problem. And then God said, I have this answer. All right, not my problem, but your answer. Change the way I think. Change the way I think. I used to think, there's my problem, there's my problem, and I cry. That's my problem, there's my problem.
1: And God said, now here's my answer. Here, here's my answer, Now choose what you want to focus on. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. God is the God of power. Amen. And we can't be without the power of God. Amen. And how do we get the power? How do you get the power of God?
0: Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. What is to be born again? For your spirit to come alive to God. For non-Christians, they love ghost movies, right? How many of you watched ghost movies before? Scary movies, right? <laughs> I remember my mom, she took me to a movie of a ghost, and the ghost would wear a beautiful face, and she would take off her face at night and then just paint on
1: the face. That's a terrible movie. <laughs> it put so much fear in me. <laughs> well, it was terrible.
0: Why Why did I say that? What was I talking about? (laughs) In spirit and in truth. Okay, so when you worship, you can sense your spirit. You're like an incense. You're going up. How many of you have felt that when you're worshiping, you don't go down, right? When you're worshiping, you have no depression because you're going up. Amen. So it's very, very important. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We're not talking about singing a song because you can be singing a song and not worshiping because you have to be, because you are just memorizing the scriptures. I mean, I mean the lyrics, because you're so busy memorizing the lyrics, you're so busy playing the right key and getting the right drum beat. You have no time
1: worshiping God. And that's why I worship must be spontaneous. Must be spontaneous. When you don't carry the cares, that's how you worship. When you're carrying the cares, you can't worship.
0: When you're trying to figure out what is right, what's wrong, you can't worship. That's why cast all your cares, for he cares for you. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. As soon as you do that, as soon as Peter stepped out of the boat and started walking on water, the power comes. Amen. Come on, stay with me. As soon as I believe, the power comes. Amen. There is no such thing called being spiritual and being carnal at the same time. You can't be. You can't be spiritual and carnal at the same time. You have to choose. The temptation is to be carnal. To be carnal means to be in the world, to care about how I feel, to care about what people say about me. That's carnal.
1: I have to choose to stay spiritual.
0: You have to stay Choose to stay being spiritual. Even babies, they need your spirituality. I remember when Trisha was growing up, I would just put my hand on her and pray for her, and she would be fine, and she was such a peaceful baby. Even babies need your spirituality, because it's the spirit that changes the things in the world. Can we say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So to be spiritual means to be birthed by the word of God and to be birthed by the Holy Spirit. Spirituality is not a feeling. So don't tell me I feel spiritual. You don't feel spiritual. You know you are spiritual. All right. If you're being
1: wacky and you go like, ooh, 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 ooh you're not being spiritual. You're being wacky. Can we say amen? (laughs)
0: Okay, the power of the Spirit over the human body. Look at Revelation chapter 11, verse 11. Revelation 11 and 11, all right? So the Spirit can affect the flesh. The Spirit can affect your body. So how many of you believe that God can heal you when you're praying? How many of you believe that God can rejuvenate you when you're praying? God can heal you even when you're hearing people pray. Because it's the power of the Spirit. So if you look at Revelation eleven eleven, this is about the two witnesses. They had killed them. So what happened? After three days and a half, the Spirit of life. Who is the Spirit of life? Come on, tell me. The Holy Ghost. The Spirit of life from God entered into their dead bodies. And they stood upon their feet. That's the power of the Spirit over the human body. Amen. So tell me, come on, right right now, say, the Holy Spirit is working on my body now, energizing, renewing, rejuvenating, empowering, healing my body, all the organs, tendons, muscles, nerves, gray matter. White matter, (laughs) everything in me, everything in me, Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, is working on me, in me, now. Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, how did we get ushered into the kingdom
1: of God? How did you get into this natural world? Come on, tell me. How did you come here? By birth. So
0: number one, there is a natural birth, all right? A natural birth. Did you choose to come? Did you, did you give your mom or your dad a dream? Please, I want to be born.
1: <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> so the first birth into the natural world, you have no say in it.
1: You were passive. You had no say. As far as your physical, natural life, Birthing into this world is concerned. But God gives you your second birth. Your second birth is by choice. Your first birth came because of somebody else. Your second birth is completely your choice. So don't say that God is not fair. All right? The second birth. So
0: the first birth is passive, is survival. The second birth is active, it's by choice. It's by your desire, by your commitment, by your dedication, and by your devotion. How many of us know that every man dies? How many of you know everyone? The Bible says every man dies, is appointed unto every man once
1: to die. This is so powerful, the word. It is appointed unto men once to die. So the
0: first death, the first death is a natural death. The second
1: death is a spiritual, eternal death by choice again. Your second death is by choice. Very important. The first death is passive only for
0: the Gentiles, not for the Christians The Apostle Paul said, I chose not to die, but to stay here and serve you. You have a choice when it comes to your natural death. You can choose not to die until you have been satisfied. Because the Word of
1: God says that with long life, I will satisfy you. Long life is definitely longer than 80. The second death is called the eternal death. It comes by choice. So your choice
0: is very important. Your choice matters. Okay, now let's go to John chapter 3, verse 8. John 3, 8. Say with me, my spirit. One more time, my spirit.
1: And stop blaming anybody around you. You're grown up enough to make your own decisions. So don't blame how my mom potty trained me. Stop blaming how
0: my mother and my father treated me. But at least you have a father or a mother who treated you.
1: There are people that have no fathers and no mothers in the natural. Say to yourself, come on, tell yourself, grow up. Take responsibility for my own life, my own living.
0: Amen. And I promise you, as soon as you do that, your life will change. And the Bible says, God says that his mercy is new every morning. How many of you have a memory? Come on. How many of you have a memory bank?
1: All right. So use your memory bank for good. All the bad. Forget it. Come on. Say to the person next to you, forget it. I was not well yesterday. Forget it.
0: I was not well the day before. Forget it. I had a heart stroke. What's that called? Heart attack. I had a heart stroke. I had a heart attack last month. Forget
1: it. His mercy is new every morning. Only keep a record of what is good. Well, you say, but how can... You know, and then my husband will keep bullying me.
0: My wife will keep bullying me if I don't remember. I have to tell them they were bad so they could be good. I don't think you can get them to be good like that. (laughs) The more
1: you tell them they're bad, they will be bad to your face. They will say, I'll prove you're wrong. (laughs) How? By
0: being worse. (laughs) I I wasn't bad. I can be worse. (laughs) The book of Philippians, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, if there be any virtue, right? Any goodness in them. Remember those things. So let your mind be filled with good. Amen. Come on, touch your forehead and say, my mind is filled with good. Amen. Because your thoughts can affect. Your thoughts can affect your physical brain. How many of you know that depression can damage your brain, physical brain? Because your body is not made to suffer. We are all called to love ourselves as we love our neighbor. So your body needs you to love your body.
1: You need to do good to your body. Amen. Say to the person next to you, you have to do good to your body. And some of us, to do good to our body is not to eat so much. Because our body has been working too hard. And your bones are telling you, your weight is too much for me to carry you every day. It's the truth. Thank you. I'm not offending you, okay? I'm just telling you the truth. All right? So who can lose weight but you? Nobody can lose weight for you, right? Hey, isn't that right? Amen? And, well, you say, I'll pray, I'll pray, if God be willing. (laughs) God is willing, but he can't lose weight for you. (laughs) A lot of the
0: things that we suffer, actually, they are because of ourselves. (laughs) Self-inflicted, it's so true. Self-inflicted, including stress, including sorrows, depression, selfishness, you know, being stingy, being fearful. You know, God has already answered your prayer. God has given you a new business, but I'm still concerned that my business is not enough. (laughs) There's no end to worries, isn't that right? Hey, And the Holy Ghost will rise up from within you. Now stop it. (laughs)
1: Lift up your hands and say, Holy Spirit, stop me whenever I'm being foolish. All right?
0: So know that that's the Holy Ghost and stop rebuking the devil, okay? When he tells you to stop being foolish. (laughs) That's not the devil. That's the Holy Spirit. All right? So let's go to John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it listeth. That means, you know, the wind blows where it will. Where there's low pressure, the high pressure will go there. And you hear the sound thereof. How can I know that there's wind coming, storm coming? I can hear, all right, your your natural human senses. But you cannot tell when it's coming. You can have the weather forecast, but not, you know, to the point. And whether it goes, where it's going, it can still
1: change. So what is Jesus saying? He's saying, don't think that you can figure out God
0: Don't think that you can get him all figured out. You can't. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. When you're born of the Spirit, the only reason why you're born of the Spirit is to be led of the Spirit. You cannot be led of the Spirit if you're not born of the Spirit. And if you're not led of the Spirit, you'll walk into disasters, you'll walk into problems, you'll walk into the traps of the devil, because the lust of the flesh will be driving you. When I'm talking about the lust, I'm not talking just about sexual lust. Of course, that's part of it. I'm talking about the lust for self-satisfaction, the lust for self-fulfillment, the lust for anger, the lust for venting, the lust, you know, what is driving you. I want you to understand that the devil and God, they're opposites. The devil is driving, but God will be leading you, how? Through your passion.
1: You cannot be a successful Christian without the passion. Without the passion. If you don't have
0: the passion, the fire is not burning. Come on, you are backsliding. I'm sorry, I'm saying, you are backsliding. Too many words in my mouth. You're backsliding. If you don't have the fire burning in you, you're not serving like you first got born again. You are backsliding. You can't be backsliding and be passionately serving God at the same time. You know that. And that's why there's the conviction. The conviction
1: is to draw you back to the place of fire. The Lord talked to me about the altar of Elijah. And I didn't get
0: the revelation. What? The altar of Elijah. The altar of Elijah. What? The altar of Elijah. So if you look at the altar of Elijah, okay, the altar of Elijah had water around it. Like, how can you burn when you have water, right? Water is to put out the fire, right? And the altar of Elijah is so, so important in order for him to defeat Jezebel. How many of you have problems in your life? Troubles in your life? How many of, how many of you have bad thoughts? Thoughts that will lead you astray. Yes. So we know that devils are very real. Demons are very, very real. He won't come to you and say, I'm a devil. He'll tell you I'm an angel. He's like a witch. You know, a witch looks pretty, but it's very ugly on the inside. It's just like pornography. It's beautiful on the outside, but ugly on the inside. That's the devil. All right. So you need to understand that. All right so it's very very important for us to discern to walk in discernment and in order to walk in discernment we must train ourselves we must discipline ourselves not to follow our feelings feeling is one of the lusts of the flesh all right so you train yourself to follow the truth you train yourself to walk in the truth you train yourself all right so it's everyone that is born of the spirit To be born of the Spirit is to be led by the Holy Spirit. You're not led by figuring things out. You're not led by your self-will. You're not led by your human emotions. You're not led by the human way of reasoning. You must be led by the Spirit of truth. Amen. And sometimes your mind will tell you, there's no way. No way. How many of you are believing God for healing and your mind tells you there's no way? You know, the mind tells you there's no way because you try to figure it out and you try to go on the internet and you try to
1: research and everything tells you there's no way. But I know the way. Whose name is Jesus? Whose name is Jesus? Jesus. Amen. I'm
0: believing God for all the quarantine measures in Hong Kong to be canceled when I get there. No, before I get there. Before I take off on the plane. Like what happened to me when I went to Bangkok. All the quarantine measures were canceled. Amen. Amen. Your mind tells you, no way. (laughs) The internet tells you, there's no way. I mean, the devil will even tell you, you are too selfish. They need those measures. You know, devil, get out in Jesus' name. I don't believe in your lies. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So, sometimes you may offend some people, but it's okay. How many of you know that the
1: truth offends? Okay? But how many of you know that you can let go of the truth? Amen. So, don't figure out.
0: The realm of the spirit is higher than the realm of the soul. It's higher than intellectual reasoning. It's compelling, it's irresistible. Sometimes you ask, you know, I have people asking me, why do you have to be so strong when you're preaching? I have no idea. I listened to the sermon myself. I said, why do you have to be so strong? I have no idea. That's good. So I know that it's not me preaching, you know. (laughs) I'm completely cut off from you. I don't care how you feel. (laughs) I just know I need to obey God, that's all. <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you Jesus. And uh, in the process of doing so, you may rub some people the wrong way, but it's okay and you can apologize later for myself but not for the word. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah, the spirit of God is compelling, is irresistible and uh, you have to choose. Choose between driven by lust or led by passion. Amen. Don't ever lose your passion. Don't ever lose your passion. Amen. I want to finish with this. John chapter 3, verse 11. A lot of times, I don't know why, if you have my sermon, you'll notice that I still have many pages. I haven't even finished half. (laughs) I said, Lord, every time I have so much and I get something new to, you know, what should I do? Just preach whatever you can. All right. So, (laughs) John chapter 3,
1: verse 11. All right. Verily, verily, so pay attention, I say, do you notice the pattern? Verily, verily,
0: I say. Verily, verily, I say. Because Jesus is
1: the word. Jesus is the word. Verily,
0: verily, so don't despise your word, all right? So verily, verily, I say unto you, we speak that we do know. And testify that we have seen. Very important. You always minister out of what you have experienced. You can't preach healing when you have not experienced it. You can't preach miracles when you have never had one in your life. You can't preach love if you don't know how to love. You can't preach peace when you're always striving in
1: your house. The truth must be experienced. It is not philosophical truth.
0: It's not metaphysical truth. It's not con- a contemplative science. It's not analytical. It's experiential. I remember when I first started preaching, this is what I had, experiential
1: truth. The truth that you can experience the truth that you can
0: experience. So when you preach healing, people experience healing, and you experience healing. When you preach provision, the whole church experience. the whole church experiences provision. When you preach prosperity, the whole church experiences prosperity. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because Jesus is the word that had become
1: flesh. The spirit and the flesh together. Can we say amen? I ask you to raise your hands and give the Lord a big thank. A big thank you. A big thank you. A big
0: thank you. Worship him in spirit and in truth. The true Christian testimony it's by experience. It's by experience. It's by experience. Amen. Can I ask the worship team to come? Let's worship him again. Amen. Let's worship him with the stand. One more time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.